Hello and welcome to the today's edition of Chapter by Chapter for Eye of the World. Uh, I'm your host, Will Cowan. With me is my good friend, Steve Haynes. And everyone, I am just baking in the sun right now like a little bean. You know, we do our our episodes and sessions, so we've been in the we've been recording for the last four hours, and I can see steam coming off of Steve on my off my computer. It's getting real foggy in there. <laughs> I tell you, I'm just roasting up, but it's nice. I feel uh, like I said, like a little roasty bean right now, and I'm ready to go. Let's get into chapter forty-seven. Chapter forty-seven. Chapter forty-seven called "More Tales of the Wheel." And as I said uh, yesterday for uh, for this episode, uh, this is good. I already called it. This is just a big exposition dub. Well, I mean, the considering the the title of the chapter may as well be exposition. I don't <laughs> think that you deserve much credit for this one. I I know. Uh, it's funny because you know that chapter, like, uh, I think it's chapter nine or eight or something like that. It's called Tellings of the Wheel. Uh, I just love that. It's just like, it's just like, it's more, just like more. more tales of the wheel yeah and that's exactly what we get folks we get a whole bunch of exposition but exposition about two kind of mysterious characters that we haven't had a lot of uh history about uh name lan yeah one being lan other being your boy pat and fan so let's talk about lan here so like we mentioned in uh yesterday's episode uh lan has been uh, given, like, we've been, Faldera and the people of Faldera have been referring to Lan in a certain way. They've been calling him Daishan. Um, and he's aware of these people. They're like, he's friends of these people. He's like considered a great warrior among these people. Um, and we get Much respected and constantly yeah. asked if the golden crane will fly again. Yeah. And we get answers as to why. And it's, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's kind of funny because we usually don't get answers this quick for questions like that like we were just asked the questions the yeah chapter last chapter beforehand. usually we got to sit on it a little bit like an egg but that yeah, egg hatched right. right away does that mean like now that we're getting these answers for our lands questions so quickly do you think that this is kind of like leading into wrapping up land story altogether kill him off Cause yeah because we're going into a big battle here soon like things are going to come well down. he is starting to be revealed as pretty op um oh yeah we find out that he is a king. Yeah, he's this... Uh, so, some of the names that we've been throwing out in last chapter, like Malkir. Malkir is actually a kingdom that Lan uh, is from, and he's actually the uh, the son of the king and queen of Malkir. Um, yeah, and, and they like, say that Malkir was like, uh, not even like 50 years before... Uh, and like was like north of Shainar and Arafel, which are those borderlands I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. So if it's north of that, that puts it even like that puts it. Let me get my map. Let me get my map. I mean that puts it like right smack dab in Solarbella. Solarbella. Do we know what that I'll, means? I'll I'll take it. Do we know what that means? Sounds spooky, though. Yeah, I, I, maybe maybe it's like uh, you know, not Shale Ghoul, Shadar Logoth. You remember that that town that uh, or that city that kind of became tainted and nobody goes to it anymore. 
I wonder if that's like a new name for Malkir. You know what I mean? Um, I think you're probably Shadow on Logoth. something there. Yeah, because Shadow Logoth wasn't wasn't actually named Shadow Logoth. It became Shadow Logoth after it fell to whatever powers uh, corrupted it. But it was known by another name, and I can't remember exactly what that name was. But yeah, so Lan is of royal blood for this uh, for this for the city, this uh, this province, town, whatever, and he actually has a very deep history maybe not himself so much but definitely the family that he comes from so he the fall of malkir is kind of the reason why people keep calling him daishan and uh, we learn that like if if he ever decides to become a king again or to resurrect the kingdom of of, of malkir thousands of people would rise up with him they would they would join him in his cause so lan has a lot of power and yeah, he's doing this sort of aragon cream yeah he's doing this kind of aragon sort of refusing that path in a way because he he is now connected to moraine and her cause like he became a warder and that is what he does and he's he's made that clear to even even to people in faldera that like i am i'm a warder I'm not... Well, and he goes by the name Lan now. He's sort of built a different identity for himself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, does um, not advertise this fact. So, I want to get into the history of Malkir here, because it's very it's very interesting. So... It's a lot. Lan's, Lan's parents... Um, can't exactly remember their names, but... I believe their names are King... Alakir... Mandragoran... And uh, I don't know. I don't know his mom's name, but his brother's name was Lane, the king's brother's name. Yeah. So, oh, that's his uncle, is Lane. Lane's and, uncle, Uncle Lane. Yeah. So, what happens here is a very kind of political backtalking, uh, a lot of backstabbing. So Lane. So. Uh, so Lane's wife is named Brian. Yeah. And she, and she was jealous that Akir was the king and not Lane. Yeah? Correct. And to kind of put... She want... I think Brain, like, was... She wanted that power. So she kind of made this bet or, like, tricked Lane into going into this battle. And he died yeah, in Yeah, into Shale Ghoul. Yeah. And basically and, going to fight the Dark One. Exactly. And he fails miserably. He dies. Oh, At yeah. the same time... He dies hard. Uh, Bran... Uh, I gotta get that name right. What was the name again? Brayan. Brayan. <clears throat> Brayan then blames the king for this. Like, even though she did... She instigated this whole thing. She blames him. And she starts working with this guy named Cowan to basically stage a coup you know to mm-hmm. kill the king and queen and lan and to install her own son is isman isam uh yeah, as the Isam. as the ruler of malkir um that that whole coup also falls apart for her uh they're caught almost immediately um and part of the coup was to 
bring down the defenses of Malkir. So, like, a lot of the guard towers and, like, defenses that were set up against the Blight and the Trollocs, those were all kind of torn down as part of this coup, leaving Malkir incredibly defenseless. Uh, Did you mention that Cowan was a dark friend? Uh, not yet. No, I did not. But yeah, he is a dark friend, and he helps her uh, try to stage this coup. I don't know if it's also because Brienne is a uh, is a dark friend. Like, because I'm getting serious dark friend vibes from her. It sounds like it, but they, it sounds more like she might just be a little jealous. Yeah, but uh, they don't specify on that. But Cowan, they do specify, and with the defenses all down over the nation. Cowan leads in the uh, Trolloc, the Trolloc hordes, and they yeah. they easily overwhelm, fuck shit up. Um, does that happen? Because I remember there part of the story is that the coup fails, and uh, Cowan is then taken by this other guy to see the king, and they they have one on one combat, you know, and the king cl- and and his, and the king kills him. Yeah, but it wasn't also during that though. Like they they were overrun, but the king and queen were able to get their son out, which was baby Lan, and they send him off to Shinar. I think okay. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe the kingdom of Malkir is is not overrun just yet, but the the entire surrounding areas have been overrun and the Trollocs are closing in. So they send Lan off to Fal Moron to train and to uh, be a great warrior and save him and protect the bloodline while the rest of his family and the rest of Malkir's people go to war against the Trollocs and subsequently lose. They just get wiped out. Yeah. Because that was the thing is like the like you said, like he did fight and kill the kill Cowan, but I thought I took it as the town was still fucking Malkir was still wiped out and but they because they say that he's the last king of Malkir a king without land yeah because the because the land is now taken over by the blight like it, it's just been swallowed Tainted. up yeah yeah so uh that makes him the last person the last person from Malkir and therefore the rightful king um there's probably a bunch of like people around the world who have fled uh, that knew that there was going to have a bunch of commoners. Uh, and that's why uh, the Faldarans referred to Lan in the fact that if he chooses to become a king again, thousands will rise with him as, as the rightful king. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that is the max amount of exposition we get for, land that's a lot you know guys that's a lot it is a lot um (laughs) (laughs) but there's not much else like as soon as uh land gets to fall moron and starts training uh that it more or less kind of leads him into the path of where he joins uh moraine i think he joins the fall darrens for a little while um which uh he might have he might have had a top knot for a little while, that would be cool. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But so okay. he's the last of this royal, royal bloodline. But yep. Does it say how his dad died? I think it's just in battle. Like he just took yeah. the his last his last remaining forces and went head forth with the 
against the Trollocs in an honorable way and just died. Just got fucked up by the whole thing, which is a very yeah. Leonidas sort of story. You know, I wonder, like, I think the battle that they, that they had, oh, no, 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 that's the, that's the, I thought it was going to be like where they had the battle was Tarwin's Gap, but I think they, they're not close enough to Tarwin's Gap to have that battle. I think mm. Tarwin's Gap is just this, uh, it's just this location there where they keep pushing the Trollocs back. But if they've gained so much momentum with their numbers, it'll be increasingly hard to hold them back from uh, in Tarwin's Gap. You know what I mean? Yeah, checks out. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's basically it for Lance Hole. Do you have anything more yeah. to say about Lance? No, that Lance story. We, we we know that Agomar tells this whole story to Nynaeve and uh, Egwene and Rand. Uh, there's a little like passage of they they talk to Loyal, or they, uh, there's a little passage about Loyal and how he's like looking around the the room that they're hanging out in while uh, Alan and Moraine is interrogating Patton, uh, and and Loyal is just like looking at the rocks and he's like touching the rocks and smelling it while everybody else is having a conversation and he's like spinning around in circles and like licking the walls. Which I thought. Oh yeah, he's having a time. He is living <laughs> his best Ogier life while all of this exposition is happening. Oh he's, yeah, he knows this. You know, he's read all these books. He's lost in his own yeah. thoughts, doing his own thing. He's probably like, you know what? This guy will probably describe this more succinctly than I can, because Loyal will have to start the story back when Malkir was. And faster too. Like, let's be honest, like way faster. Yeah, we're near the end of the book here. Loyal doesn't get a lot of talk to, for exposition. It's just too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second part of this exposition dump is uh, we get to know a lot more about our good friend Pat and Fane. So as we, uh, You're a good friend. as we have like speculated before, Pat and Fane has been the person uh, tracking them. He's he was known as the beggar that was asking for them in Camelin. He was this other beggar in Wiperit that was also asking for them, uh, which they, con- they uh, I think, Rand and Matt and Tom even confused for a fade because uh, their descriptions are very yeah, similar. Yeah, at one point. Yep. Um, but it just shows that Patton and Fane has been following them throughout this entire journey. In fact, he's been following them for years. Like, yeah, we find out three years. Three years. And not necessarily that he's been following them for the entirety of three years, but he's been looking and hunting for them for yeah. three years. And I think more so two of those years is when he has been on there, right on their yeah. trail. Because I think they, they mentioned that two years ago is when the peddlers started coming coming through Emmons Field. And like staying for long periods of time. You know, yeah. when before he might have been there for like a day or maybe a couple of hours to send to give some news, but now he would be there for like a week at a time. So, and they mentioned that in that first year that he was searching all through the mountains of mist and a few other areas and literally was just looking everywhere and then eventually before, narrowed it down to three. So, before we even get two. into that part. Moraine show, explains that Pat and Fane has been a dark friend for nearly forty years, and he's so Moraine been... has a so Moraine has a moment with him though, right? Where she does her little fucking, she tries to do a little, she does her little eye to eye magic, and there's a point where they specifically mention that Pat and Fane reaches out and grabs her breast, 
and like sucks your soul out of it or something. I don't know. What are you talking about? That never <laughs> <It> happened. happened. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, it that happened. did not happen. She's she she points at her breast to say that his soul uh, has been like sucked Is, out of him. And now right? lives in her breast. The degradation of his soul almost makes me doubt he has one. There is something worse than to him than a dark friend. Listen, I don't know. She's holding her boob. She's holding her boob well. I fucking knew it. I knew I was right. But Pat and Fane has been a, a, a dark friend for a very, very long time. And he's been systematically been taken to Shale Ghoul uh, to be further corrupted and... Um, to become an agent and to kind of give more information for uh, the dark fret or to Balsamon uh, to locate where the next Taverin will be. Uh, he's been just kind of the secret agent that's been bopping around the world and becoming and being a peddler is a very, very good job to have in that situation. Cause you're just, you could have been a gleeman as well, but that's way too happy. No, he could be a gleeman. He doesn't have the fucking charisma to pull that off. No, definitely, He's definitely. A sad not. sack who's been getting sadder all the time. Yeah, and you know, I just think it's weird that Maureen touches her breast when she points this fact out that his soul is degraded. So <laughs> I don't know. I just think um, it's odd. If she was pointing so, at her heart, why didn't Robert Jordan write heart? Well, because he, you know, what he had it on his mind. A breast, boobs. one singular, one one boob. Um, yeah. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying to see, trying to dig my mind out and see if there's anything else more to talk about other than the fact that he's well, been a, a dark friend for for so long, and he's been. Uh, he's, he's so he's he's like the dark friend. Not yeah. only has he been, not only is he a dark friend, but Basilmon. We find out Basilmon has been connecting with him through dreams. Bread and cheese, nightmare dreams, over these three years. Forty and years. Maureen, forty. It's very clear. To forty. Be, it's been. He's been a dark friend for forty years. Oh Jesus. Yeah, oh, that's Jesus. very. And it's only in the last three years that he's been on the tail of Rand and Matt and Perrin. He. That's why gotcha. he's been getting closer to Emmons Field. Um, I think in the last three years, that's when he started to show up at Emmons Field and started to pedal. Uh, because he's been able to sense it. And uh, Moraine even mentions it, that he's been able to follow uh, the group for this entire time throughout the whole story because he's able to sense their 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 being. Kind of in the sense that Loyal can sense Taverin. You know, like the, the yeah. web binds around well, them. Well, because they, sort of they are Taverin and he's sensing them. That's the same thing. Same sort of thing. But on the dark side, I think. Um, and that's how he he narrowed it down to Emmons Field over those three years when he was hunting for them. Bore that goes on to drop that Basilbot is even more powerful in dreams. I thought that was interesting when she said that. Yeah, so I think yeah, because you're you're more vulnerable in a dream state and uh Bazelman can kind of infect your mind more and that's how, you know, the the boys have been dealing with that and it's good that maureen has been there to kind of ward off those dreams because especially matt when he had the tainted dagger he could have been followed he could have fell for those dreams more so than parent and matt 
or Perrin and Ran ever could, you know? Yeah. Fane, Peyton Fane just basically became a Terminator. Like, he would not stop in following them. Like, no matter what, he's going to keep walking well, towards them. He, he, like, he even kind of followed them through the ways. And they put that together at a certain point. They're like, did he even fucking come through the ways? Well, there's like, a... Oh, yeah, uh, there was some shadowy dick in there following us. Uh, there's a... He... He was also kind of like tied up by Trollocs and Fades for a part of the time as he was like trying to guide them towards, you know, when they were um, being chased by Trollocs and Fades uh, back before the Tarn River. Um, Pot and Fane was a part of that group and they were like dragging him along. And they, when Moraine created that diversion where they sent their sent one direction when they went another direction. Pot and Fane yeah. was able to know that like, no, they're going that way while the rest of the the Trollocs and Fades went the other way. So he could see through the, the blindness of the Fades, you know, like, or like the, he can see through Aes Sedai trickery in a way. Oh yeah. And um, I think it was in last chapter as well. When, uh, when we first see Pat and Fane is uh, his mental state where he goes on from like being this, squ- this squabbling, crying little man to this very charming, um, uh, swindler type, you know, like he he'll be like super afraid, and then his attitude would switch, and it'll like uh, that's where Balzamon takes over, and he's trying to make a deal with Agomar to to like, want, Jesus, I'll show you how names. to defeat the Trollocs. Um, with uh, I'll show you how to defeat the Trollocs, and you'll become more powerful than you've ever been without the help of Aes Sedai. And Aegomar can see right through this, and he's like, nah, don't do that, you yeah. piece of shit. But so, he's so fragmented in a mental state. Like, he'll he'll be at different points, and he's like, I don't even know if he's evil or if he's just more in pain than anything else. Well, I think that him, the core of himself is in pain, and then there's sort of this evil shroud around it that is sort of eating him up. Mm-hmm. That's evil. But, I wonder if it's going to be so, a redemption story for him. Well, so Maureen's doing her eyes today, I think, and she's trying to heal him up. But she says, but basically, like, even with healing him, like, he's pretty beyond repair. He's pretty, yeah. we got 40 years of damage here. He's pretty tainted. And one part that I thought was interesting is she mentions that, uh, you know, over the course of all of these nightmare Basilmon dreams, that he has performed rites that would strike you deaf to even hear about. Which, I don't know where your imagination takes you, but I can tell you, mine goes straight to the butt. <laughs> so I don't know what he did to get all these dark powers and what Balsamon was making him do, but... But it, I don't want... I, it's nothing good. It's I'll leave that to the imagination. Um, oh, yeah. But that just... This whole exposition dump of Pat on Vane leads into that their mission is far more like their mission is dire. They need like they're closing in. Uh, They, they also find out that Pat and Fane was pretty much responsible for the attack on Emmons field. Uh, He led them through the ways. Yeah. Well, Uh, they put it together that there must be, must've been an, an Ogier Grove and a way gate in Manethrin. Yeah. And then loyal's like, yeah, there was, it was dope. It was like the best one (laughs) other than Tarvalon. And it's gone now. So thanks. (laughs) <laughs> um, 
There's another good point when uh, they talk about Pat and Fane and how he got through the ways when they were fo- when he was following them and how the Black Wind uh, took him. Oh, like yeah. it, it actually caught up with him. So because he was so yeah. tainted, uh, the you Black see, Wind just kind of like spat him out. He was just like, yeah. you're good enough. The Black Wind is the wind that eats souls. Pat and Fane's souls, no good. Yeah, no good. Not tasty. Like, you get out of here. Um, but that leads into the end of the chapter more or less that the, it they the the team needs to take a little bit of a rest but get going on the road to to the green man and the eye of the world keep moving that blight but uh the thing that i like about this whole pat and fane sort of exposition dump more about the dark one and everything but pointing out like these the three boys ran matt perrin being to Varen. As we said before, like that means that they have this fucking magical luck power, essentially. They can right. influence change and influence the change of the web of the pattern or some such shit. But the, the main concern here is that why, why Dark One wants them so much is because if the three of them go to fight against the Dark One in any way, I mean, they've got... What is that? 30% chance of changing the outcome? Yeah. The already yeah, yeah, yeah. decided outcome? Probably the, the a higher very, percent chance. I'm just the very them fact 10% that they're each. together uh, changes Strengthens their odds. It. Yeah, uh, astronomically. Even the fact that Loyal's there and Moraine's there and Land's there and Nynaeve and Egwene, uh, their very presence is, is changing the fabric of the web in a way that bodes well in their favor. Um, it it might not change out the outcome, but the, but time will bend in their favor in a way, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if Basil, it makes sense. Basilmon is out after these guys. Cause you know, if there's anything, he doesn't know how it's going to play out, but he does know that eliminating them before the fight will definitely, before the battle will definitely f- favor things to, yeah. for him. Even just one of them. If, even you if just you get one. just yeah. one, you know, but unfortunately uh, for him, he's failed astronomically, and uh, a whole the whole team is 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 coming up to his front door, and we're leading into that point now, that the team is coming for him. Final showdown. Final coming showdown. Out. I can't wait. Uh, but that wraps up uh, our chapter today, folks. Uh, if you haven't already, you can check out our website at chapter by chapter podcast.com uh as we've said before we have an email please send us whatever you like uh anything 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 you really use some new socks (laughs) just saying you can reach us at chapter by chapter podcast at gmail.com uh and if you're listening to this good listener please leave us a five-star rating we'll leave the offer still stands folks it's not going anywhere five-star rating for you any platform you want. You got a podcast? Five-star rating. You got uh, a soup? Five-star five star soup. Five-star soup. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back for Chapter 48, titled... The Blight!